What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. It is Friday, February 26th, 2021, the final show of February, which means starting on Monday, we will officially be less than a month away from opening day. Spring training games, I believe, start next week. This is going to be a mailbag show. I put the word out on the Locked on Tigers account yesterday, and I got some good questions that I look forward to answering. But there's just a little bit of things coming out of spring training that I do want to talk about. A little bit of things. I don't think that's right. There's a few things I want to talk about. Number one is that there's a minor, minor injury to Spencer Torkelson. He sliced his finger open while trying to open up a can in his house the other day. Looks like he's going to make a full recovery and was on the field yesterday, I believe, even participating in a few drills. Obviously, you hear Spencer Torkelson an injury in the same sentence. You start to get a little bit a little bit nervous, but he's going to be completely fine. May miss the first few spring training games, but he'll be back out there pretty soon. I've been watching a lot of these Zoom press conferences. FSD does a good job of putting all this stuff online, and they've interviewed Jamer. They've interviewed Hinch a few times, Scooball, Manning, Mize, Jake Rogers. I mean, a lot of the key players in this organization they've talked to, and I've, I've watched pretty much all of them trying to find you know some sort of nugget, something I can use for the podcast, and it's obvious these guys have gone through a lot of media training because they don't really give you uh, very very much to really chew on necessarily. But I, there were a couple things that I noticed that I found a little bit intriguing. One's that Tarek Skubal has ditched his changeup grip and decided to use a splitter as his changeup this season, obviously mirroring Casey Mize's put-away pitch, his splitter, which got him was the big reason why he was taken number one overall in the draft a few years ago. Interesting for a few reasons. One, I don't recall and I'll have to go back and look at you know pitch list and look at some of the advanced numbers, but I remember thinking his changeup was one of his better pitches a year ago. I guess uh, maybe the numbers do not support that. And overall he just said in general he didn't feel like he threw it with as much confidence as he wanted. The other thing that's worth noting is that you don't see a lot of left-handed splitters really. That I I, I tweeted that out a couple years ago that it seems like primarily the pitchers that throw split fingers are right-handed pitchers. I don't know why that is. I think Tony Sipp is the only pitcher that I can think of right now. And he, well, he doesn't pitch in the major leagues anymore, but he's the only pitcher that I could think of, at least in major league history, that was a lefty that threw a splitter. But now Tarek Skubal has added, added that to his arsenal, and we look forward to seeing that in Comerica Park here pretty soon. One more thing I want to talk about. Riley Green's been interviewed several times, and... You know, I've talked before about how much I like Spencer Torkelson's mental makeup, and I like Green's just as much. To go straight from high school to being one of the key pieces of a baseball organization, you know, one of the pieces that many people, including myself, believe is going to be a guy who's going to, you know, really kind of turn this ship around. I think he's very impressive. He speaks like a guy who is a 5-10 year major league veteran. I really like Riley Green a lot, and I look forward to seeing him in Comerica here soon. All right, now let's move on to the mailbag. Got some questions today. No guarantee that I'm going to get to all of them, but I got one from Bengal BJ at BJL216. He said, predict the Tigers opening day roster, or I'm sorry, 
predict the Tigers opening day rotation, closer, and lineup. Well, let's do with the, go with the lineup because that's not something I've talked about a ton. I mean, I've talked about individual players, but my prediction is Robbie Grossman at the leadoff spot, Jamer batting second, Miggy third, fourth, Jonathan Scope fifth, Renato Nunez, sixth, Nomar Mazzara, seven, I have a tie between either Nico Goodrum or Willie Castro. It depends on who starts the year at short. Number eight, Wilson Ramos, and number nine, Jacoby Jones. Now, I think some of these are, are pretty much set in place. Grossman at the leadoff spot, is maybe up for grabs, but I like what he may bring to this team in the leadoff spot because he does get on base a fair amount. Miggy's going to bat third. I think Scope in the fourth spot is pretty close to being penciled in, although I could see them switched around. I could see Jamer being fourth and Scope being in the second spot, though I think Scope with a little bit more power would be better suited in the cleanup spot. Renato Nunez, this team's only other first baseman. In the five hole, Mazzara six, Goodrum Castro split at seven, and then Ramos at eight, and Jones at nine. In terms of the rotation, I've been pretty consistent in how I felt about this rotation since day one, and that's that I think one of the three-headed monster between Mize, Manning, and Scooball will make the team out of spring training. My prediction is that it will be Scooball, so that means I think we'll have Turnbull, and I'll go as far as to say I think Turnbull starts opening day, so I think it'll be Turnbull, Boyd, Jose Urania. I think Scooball will start the year in the rotation, and then it's between Falmer and Tehran. I, I would give the edge to Tehran who was awful last year, but Julio Tehran is still a major league pitcher, whereas Michael Falmer showed us nothing a season ago that would make me believe that he's going to be a, a solid major league starter here going forward. Maybe with you know the, the tutelage of Chris Fetter, he could find something and be able to turn it around, but I, I have serious doubts. So, And as far as closer, I'm gonna, I think they're going to start the year with Brian Garcia as the closer. I talked last year that Brian Garcia had tremendous amount of success. I mean, he was pretty much lights out for this baseball team a year ago and ended the year really as the closer, but there there's several numbers that suggest that he may fall off in 2021. The biggest one being his strikeout numbers. I, I would be stunned to have a major league closer be a guy who only strikes out five batters per nine innings. At a certain point, you believe that that is going to catch up to him. I think Gregory Soto has the highest upside, and I would probably put him second. I think Buck Farmer is going to be a bridge guy all year. A.J. Hinch has talked about him maybe being a guy who can go more than one inning for this team. It would make sense. He was a starter at some point early in his career when he was coming up through the system. So those are my predictions, subject, subject to change, obviously. It's very much open. I think... Turnbull, Boyd, and Urania are pretty much locks, in my opinion, to start the rotation on opening day. But every the other two spots are open for five or six people to have a shot at. You know, I'm not going to throw Derek Holland in there. I think he'll be primarily a bullpen piece and probably start the year in AAA. But between Falmer, Mize, Manning, Urania, I feel like I'm probably missing somebody there as well. That That's two spots that four or five guys are going to be trying to fill. So we'll see how it plays out. All right, that'll do it for segment number one. I have a lot more questions I want to answer, but we're going to take a short break and I'll answer those questions when we return. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. 
Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. And Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. I'm covering everything you need to know about the Tigers, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back, everybody. Several more questions to answer. Let's jump right into it. This from at Mark Musgrave the third. What do you think of all the attention surrounding Riley Green and Miguel Cabrera? Do you think Miggy can hit above 260 and Riley Green be called up before the All-Star break? Word is that Hinch seems to be creating a different culture here, which is exciting. I mean, I talked about that last part a couple days ago. I think that A.J. Hinch is one of his key roles here is going to be to teach some of these guys how to win again, or in the case of the young guys, just teach them how to win, period. There are certain guys on this team right now who know nothing other than L's. I mean, who know nothing other than failure, to be completely honest with you. And there is something about the mindset. He's used that word so often, mindset, 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 creating a winning culture. I think that's incredibly important. In regards to Riley Green, I'm going to work backwards here. I don't think we're going to see Riley Green this year. I don't. Now, maybe we have a Juan Soto situation, like I said, but Juan Soto's one in a million. And it's also worth noting that the Nationals needed Juan Soto. Now, the Tigers need Riley Green as well, but the Nationals were in win-now mode, and as much as I wish it wasn't the case, the Tigers are not. And I unfortunately, they still care about the whole service time manipulation thing. I don't see them calling him up till probably next season. As far as Miggy is concerned, you, know, you bring up the 260 average. It's not the average I'm worried about with Miguel Cabrera, because you look at his last several seasons, for the most part, with, with a few notable exceptions, the average has been, it's been good enough. What I worry about is the power, and there was a recent thing, Joey Votto, who's like close to a lifetime 300 hitter, you know, one of the greatest eyes of any of any hitter ever. I mean, he's led the league in on-base percentage like 10 times, has said, I want to learn how to hit like a dum-dum because he knows he wants to figure out a way to sell out for power because he's a more valuable player as a power hitter than he is as a pure hitter. So it's not the batting average I'm worried about with Miguel Cabrera. My my opinion on this has remained the same. The goal should be an 800 OPS. If you get an 800 plus OPS season on Miguel Cabrera, that in my opinion as a is a success because that in my opinion means power. And Miguel Cabrera God bless him, is not paid to hit singles. He's paid to hit doubles and home runs, and he hasn't done that particularly effectively over the last several seasons. This one from at Nick uh, Morgan Stern at Nick Win 19. This may not be the most important question, but who do you think the backup catcher will be? Rogers, Griner, Haas, Garneau. Can't imagine Dingler yet. You know, this is something I haven't talked about. I've talked about the catcher position a bunch. You know, obviously I was so gung-ho about the possibility of the Tigers getting Riamuto, which I figured wouldn't happen and didn't happen. They ended up getting 
Wilson Ramos, who will be this team's starting catcher and should be this team's starting catcher. He is, admittedly, a massive upgrade over everyone else that has been in this organization over the last several seasons. Now, obviously, a, a boombox with a broken speaker could put up a, a higher OPS than what Grayson Griner or Jake Rogers has put up over the last several seasons. I think at the beginning of the year, the backup catcher will be Grayson Griner. I, I don't want to say unfortunately, because that just sounds so brutal, because, you, know, you know, the guy's working, but I think I would prefer it be Jake Rogers. I, I, I'm, I don't believe in Jake Rogers that much anymore. Last year really soured me to the whole experience, the fact that he was getting beat out by Eric Haas was very disappointing and shows that I think the Tigers' belief in him is starting to dwindle. He's not going to have many more opportunities, but I, I think, I still believe he has a higher ceiling. Like, Grayson Griner has reached his ceiling, and it's like a 600 OPS. The guy's one of the worst is starting, the guy is one of the worst hitters in baseball, both both analytically and from a basic numbers standpoint. Everything about him as a player just does match, doesn't match up to even the most average of Major League players. So I, I hope it's Jake Rogers. I think by the end of the year, it will be Rogers, but ultimately, I think to start the season, it, it will be Grayson Griner, who will be the backup catcher for this team. I haven't even talked about Dustin Garneau. I didn't even mention that. That happened a couple months ago. Who was, I don't know, second, third string catcher for the Astros the last couple years, signed a minor league deal with the Tigers. Now, it's it's a depth move. I'm sure he'll be in AAA most of the season. I got two more questions, but uh, I'm going to answer one of them. This one from Lorenzo for Heisman at Lorenzo for Heis on Twitter. What is the over-under on position players, starters, five years from now who are currently in the Tigers organization? Three? Question mark. Uh, just to rephrase that, he's basically asking, what's the over-under in terms of guys who are on the roster right now that will be on the roster five years from now for this organization? Now, I'm not going to count guys who have not stepped foot on a major league ball field yet. So I'm not counting Green. I'm not counting Torkelson. I'm not going to even count Paredes. I know he played a little bit last year, but I'm, I'm going to talk about the guys who I think are going to be in the opening day 26-man roster this year. What's the over-under in terms of which of those guys are going to be on the team five years from now? I think three is a solid is a solid pick. I don't know if I would go that high. I would probably take the under because you, you would say maybe Jamer, right? Because Jamer had a pretty good year a season ago, but five years from now, Jamer's going to be a free agent. I don't know how many more years of control the Tigers have left, but it's sure as hell less than five, and you would assume he'd probably go somewhere else. I mean, you never know. If he really breaks out, maybe the Tigers would want to sign him to an extension, but he's kind of positionless right now, or I guess he's playing two different positions, and you have a guy in Torkelson who is going to be getting called up here in, over the next several seasons, which would kind of deem, potentially deem, Jamer obsolete, unless like I said, he really goes off and breaks out and, and proves that last year wasn't a fluke and is hitting for a three 300 average with a 900-something OPS, then yeah, sure, maybe sign him to an extension, but I don't really see that happening. I think Gregory Soto is a definite possibility. Many years left of control. He's only really played one full year in the major leagues or one year of service time so far. Brian Garcia is a definite possibility with how he pitched a season ago. You have Willie Castro and you have Spencer Turnbull, who are possibilities. I think at some point, Spencer Turnbull will be traded. I'm not I don't know if it's going to be this year, but Lynn Henning has been pounding the, the gavel about this for years, saying like, yeah, it's Turnbull. Turnbull's got to be the guy. He would get the, the most amount of prospects. And I'm I push back against that. Not the idea that he would get the most amount of prospects back, because it's true, but 
at a certain point, you're just in a continuous loop of rebuilding. Like you have a guy that so far, and I don't know what Spencer Turnbull's ceiling is. It's pretty high and I have serious doubts about him because the guy can't throw strikes very consistently, but you have a guy that was a homegrown guy that has been a mild surprise, right? Was a second round pick, so it's not like he's come out of nowhere, but was not one of your highly ranked prospects and through two seasons in the major leagues has shown a lot of promise. You trade a guy like that, I mean, what are we doing then? Because then whoever you get back three years from now, you're just going to trade them. Because you're continuously rebuilding. At a certain point, you got to put your foot down and say, you know what, what we have is what we want to keep. But I digress. That's a conversation for another day. I think three is a solid number. I would maybe even push and say three might be the, the exact number that we might see five years from now in terms of guys that are currently on this roster. And it's a question that a lot of people have asked. It's a question that I've been asked off and on for several seasons now, even going back to 2017, because people always go back to, how this team bottomed out back in 2003. You know, you lose, what was it, 119 games or whatever. Basically the worst team of all time, not including the expansion Mets. And again, I mean, to me, that barely even counts. I think the 03 Tigers, easily, in my opinion, at least in the modern age, the worst team ever. Three years later, they were in the World Series. But what made that run so impressive, I mean, there was many things that made it impressive, was the fact that you had pieces from that 2003 team that started a World Series game. You know, your Craig Monroe's, Fernando Rodney, Omar Infante was on that 03 team. And when this current iteration of the Tigers bottomed out in 2019, people said, all right, which of these guys are going to be on the roster three years from now? Could this be an organization that is able to right the ship? And I mean, right now I have serious doubts because we're about to be two years removed from the bottoming out of 2019, and it doesn't seem like they're taking that many strides forward other than an improved farm system, but even that's going to take time to develop these guys into solid major league players. And lastly, and I know I'm spending a lot of time on this question, but it really does bother me, two years ago, if somebody would have asked who are guys that five years from now are going to be on this roster, I'd have been like, okay, well, Joe Jimenez is pitching some pretty good baseball, probably Jamer, maybe Matt Boyd, maybe Daniel Norris, maybe Michael Falmer, and yet a lot of those guys have either kind of plateaued or just completely flatlined over the last several seasons, but I think it's a question the organization really needs to start asking themselves, because the last thing you want to get into is a continuous rebuild where you're constantly trading for prospects and then trading away those prospects when they get good because the team isn't competitive. It's at a point now, especially as these younger guys start to ascend through the system where it, it's going to be it's going to be kind of rough and you're going to have to look and say, all right, who are the guys that are disposable? Because if these guys are disposable, let them go because we're calling up the young guys. It's time to get the youth movement in there. This is not a an exceptionally young team. It is a young roster with a lot of young players on it, but there's too many guys on this team that are journeymen and veterans. It's been that way for several years. Now, in the first couple years of a rebuild, you can live with that because you're rebuilding, but we're coming up on the fifth year of this, and you're still seeing rosters that are made up of journeyman guys on one-year contracts, has-been veterans, pitchers past their prime. It's gotten better. You do have more young key pieces like Garcia or like Soto or Willie Castro, potentially Paredes, assuming he makes the opening day roster, which I don't think he will. These are the things they have to start considering. Six years ago, almost, and I can't believe it's been that long, but six years ago in July, the Tigers essentially decided to kind of hit the rebuild button the first time. And they traded away Cespedes and David Price and Joaquin Soria, and they got back Jacoby Jones and Matt Boyd and Daniel Norris. Well, those guys right now are guys that are going to be out the door here pretty soon. And it shows how unfortunately fumbled many parts of this rebuild have been. 
I don't put that on Chris Illich and Avila. Basically, what I've heard, Tony Paul talked about this recently, they were going to rebuild post-2015 and then Chris Illich changed his mind, but even so, the point remains the same. You can't rebuild forever. you got to start putting players on the Major League roster that are going to be here for five, six, seven more seasons. That's how you build a core. That's how winning is done at the major league level. So that will do it for this show and this week's worth of shows. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. I know I've teased this before, but I think I think I got something brewing here pretty soon, hopefully. You can follow this show on Twitter at Lockdown Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a written positive five-star review of this program. It would be much, much appreciated. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. I will be right back here on Monday with a little bit more Tigers news, hopefully. Thank you again for listening. I appreciate all of you sticking in there with me. Have a great weekend, and go Tigers.